Welcome back to the Blindsiders. I am Ben, and I'm joined here by Dylan and Brian, and we are here to talk about episode three of Survivor 41. And, uh, yeah, it, it sucks maybe to lose Brad. We'll talk about it, but uh, it seems like we're, we've done a pretty good job uh, so far of calling out the players who had uh, no chance of winning this game. I think we're at this point like four for four uh, as far as people on our preseason show that we were pretty confident we're uh, not going to win. Mm-hmm. Uh, but before we get into it, uh, Dylan, what are your uh, what are your overall thoughts on this episode? I, I think I have some ideas, but I <laughs> want to give you the stage a little bit here before we get into the details. I'm trying to do my best not to smile for the people on YouTube. I was trying to keep a straight face. Uh, I don't like it. It stinks. <laughs> That's my that's my input for this episode. Shan, very good player though. Smart move mm. by Shan. We'll get into it. Don't like don't like everything else. Brian, how about you? Ben, when you were like, you know, we're here to cover episode three, it sucks we lost Brad. I thought you were just gonna say it sucks. And I was like, Yeah, I absolutely agree. This is this was this was bad. Like I don't think I've seen the Survivor fandom unite against an episode in quite some time like they have on yeah. twitter tonight yeah uh yeah i mean i think even and we'll get into it obviously but even the people who have i would say been classically like new school evangelists in terms of like defending a lot of the the ways that the game has evolved uh over the years and uh, mm-hmm. like the more modern seasons of the show uh, are very much, I think, turning on this season and being like, uh, I cannot follow what is going on. I have no clue uh, what all of these advantages do and how they interact. And uh, I think everybody at this point is just waiting for an episode where something happens where we need like a four-hour debrief in order to like fully understand what the fuck just happened. Mm-hmm. We need to have Jeff creepily break the fourth wall at us like he's been doing the last few episodes yep. and tell us what's yep. happening. I I think uh, I definitely agree, and I think I've settled into that. Like, I used to very much pride myself on being like, okay, I know what happens. I've, I've thought through every scenario that could possibly happen for each player going into this tribal council. Now I'm just like, whatever, fucking just tell me what happened, Jeff. I don't know. Like, yeah. I can't get out ahead of this with all the variables, so I'm not even going to, like, stress myself worrying about it. Particularly with this episode, too, because so many strange edits, so many strange, so much strange time given to, to random people to have it not pay off in the end, seemingly. Uh, I just, I don't get it. I, I, I think I think Brad's another big blow. I think Brad could have been a very interesting player down the road. I, I think the I think Shan went the proper route with him, but just the edits they were giving him, I I would I would have I would have doubled down and, and said Brad, there was no chance Brad was going home in this episode, just based oh. on the ed, the time the time spent giving Brad and and those advantages time to to marinate the rest of the episode for essentially nothing to come from it, mm-hmm. other, other other than him being voted out. It's I I don't like I didn't like any of it. We spent. But a half hour on those advantages. Why do we need to see every single person read the advantage? Like we could have, we could have saved five minutes and gave Erica some, uh, some confessional time with with those with those five minutes of every single person reading it. I hated it. 
I, I just hate it. I don't I, like. I'll say I was the other way. I like right when the challenge started and they started like cutting back um, to the bench a lot. I was like, oh, Green's losing this challenge and Brad's getting voted off. Like I was just so convinced. And then there was a moment there when uh, JD got caught, not with his pants down, but may as well have. And I was like, oh, maybe it's JD. But then it was Brad. And I was like, okay, yeah, that makes sense, I guess. I Like, it seemed like he wanted Shan to love him as much as he loved her. And Shan was just like, uh, I don't know. He's a nice guy, but I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we'll get into it. But, like, I, I was pretty confident. Like, Okay, well, well, let's start. Let's start at the beginning. So I think that we talk about like different edits, and we talk about Brad's kind of story here. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as like these three opening scenes, let's start a little bit out of order here uh, and talk about what ends up being the more important one, which is the uh, Ua opening scene, uh, where uh, we start with the four players on Ua, except for Brad, uh, down on the beach, kind of socializing, joking. Uh, like having a fun time uh, and then Brad uh, wakes up from the shelter looks down at the beach and sees him socializing and says uh, that's stupid I'm going to work in camp alone and that's that's the correct thing to do uh, and this is where he finds uh, the uh, obviously hidden to be found immediately uh, second to be aware advantage of the game which is Annoying to me that they've created multiple advantages with the same name uh, because it makes it very difficult to talk about. Um, but the, uh, the basically the episode three beware advantage, uh, which means that he is going to have to take a boat trip. Uh, and he has this confessional and monologue here, uh, which I thought was very fun and interesting, uh, where he, in my opinion, contradicts himself twice. Um, firstly, he says, uh, I'm not a rancher because, uh, I'm not a rancher because it pays well. I'm a rancher because hard work pays off, mm-hmm. which is confusing, um, because that doesn't make sense as a sentence. Uh, and then I, I guess pays off would be like in, in, in like, you know, good feelings about yourself being a hard worker and not in money is what yeah, he's trying to get the, at. Uh, the very abstract value of labor that, like, yeah. in real life doesn't actually exist, but a lot of people love to, like, talk about how laboring mm-hmm. is fulfilling in itself, which I disagree with. Relaxing is way more fulfilling than laboring 10 out of 10 <laughs> times. Count down the days until I retire. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, yeah, and then the second thing he says, which kind of made me go, like, was uh, the early bird gets the worm, uh, which I thought was ironic, given that he appears to have found the advantage specifically because he was the last person to wake up and decided to not go socialize with everybody else who was already awake and socializing. Um, So, yeah, I don't know. It seems like this whole episode was a bit of a deconstruction of... Brad's like logic about how he approaches the game. I don't know what your thoughts are. <laughs> Attention to the to the work hard thing, but I guess the early I think by the early bird he meant that uh, he's the only one. He's the first one to start doing things around yeah. camp, uh, which I assume. Yeah. Yeah, 
I guess to to talk about the actual placement of all of all of all the advantages, super hard. I'm so glad they made it so hard for for all these players who are already at, at essentially at will finding these advantages when they go look for it to just be laying out there. And did it really provide any sort of conflict in 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 this game? Because even even when we had when we had uh, what's her name? I, I'm forgetting her name right now because I'm just I'm seeing red. Find, Sydney find the, and Sydney. Sydney. Sydney find the advantage in the middle of, of camp. Nothing came from that. Mm-hmm. It's just so much time just spent wasted doing things like this. Dude, and, I don't know what you're talking about. Brad got a vote steal, steal advantage, and also he's out of the game, so that is too. So I guess maybe you're right. Maybe the first half hour was pointless. And I don't even know if it ended up playing out to be motive for Shan to vote him out. I think it was the logical and smarter choice, but I think in the end, I think in the end, her and JD were always maybe probably the tightest in that in that tribe anyway. So I don't I don't think it played as big a part in that because she didn't end up telling anybody, which was also which it just had no no impact on the game. I I like I, I wonder I wonder and we we'll we'll talk about down the road. I, I truly wonder if this is just like the end of that idol of of, of that advantage idol because where's where do you go from here? And I know he I know in uh, canon of what we're talking about now he hasn't found it yet. But like I'm like now going through that in my head. Like is this it? It's just, it's just, it does, does Xander just no longer have a vote? I hope so, Ever? honestly. I, mean, I, would love to, I would love to see a player navigate Survivor with no vote, with no social capital. Yeah. We, we do know from the Reddit post that we referenced, I believe, last week, that that uh, goes away at the very least at the merge. So, uh, while again, that is yet to be addressed in the episode. And the only reason we know about it is because somebody on Reddit took a screenshot of the of the note and posted it. Um, yeah. Uh, and well, yeah, it's as we'll get to. It's not clear what's going to happen with this uh, with this beware advantage idol situation, uh, whether it is rehidden on Ua or it's just a, a dead uh, thing and Xander it's just SOL. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, anything else from the pre-boat uh, trip scenes that you thought was uh, interesting, Brian? I guess we could talk about the Luvu scene, uh, which was potentially going, which is potentially going to be important uh, as you know, maybe being foreshadowed for next week, as it has been every single week of this like anti-Nasir stuff. Uh, of Nasir is going to double down on targeting. Danny and uh, Deshaun in the, uh, in the Luvu camp to the women primarily. Uh, Sydney being the uh, kind of this shot caller, I guess. Uh, and Sydney is for the second time going to go and blab this to the rest of the tribe, particularly Danny and Deshaun, to try to get the target put back onto Nasir. What are your thoughts on all of this, Brian? Well, I, I don't know, like what kind of vibes Sydney's giving Nasir to where Nasir's yeah. like, I can trust this person because like, it's just always immediately like, I fucking hate Nasir. And... How would we know? Cause there's no time spent <laughs> yeah. with the tribe. You go on. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I agree. That's part of the, that's part of the issue where like Nasir clearly feels like Sydney is someone he can confide in and strategize with. And Sydney is like, I, would push him off a boat on the way to camp. I don't care about yeah. this guy at all. 
The only reason I haven't killed him is because he helps around camp. Mm -hmm. That's pretty much what she's giving us right now. Yeah. And it's just like, I don't, maybe it's just like a social thing. Like she's really good at putting on a front, like person to person. And then in her confessional, she's giving us what she really feels. But it's just like very funny that he trusts her implicitly. And she's just like, I hate, I hate this guy. Yeah. What are your thoughts, Dylan? So first off, how to go back, how how would we know that Sydney was super trustworthy? Mm -hmm. How would we know? And then we're having these conversations halfway through this where out of nowhere she just reveals to to, to Danny and Deshaun that Nasir wanted to vote them out. And I'm sitting there like oh, like what? Like when did he say that? When did we even spend more than two minutes with them last episode? Mm -hmm. And then they do this very, very strange flashback, which I think is the first flashback of this episode. I was like, oh, this is weird, and this is before we. This is before they ended up going back to 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 Uo for the uh, for the that the idol that they found that he found. This is before they go back to that. And he's like, oh, we found an idol. Uh, that flashback was so strange, and the, the way that once again editing, the way that they edited that together, like clearly that's like something they're going to continue doing. It's these weird flashbacks for no point because I think it would have been more impactful to just have Nasir tell her on the beach and then have uh, the next scene be her in the morning tell, uh, telling that he wanted to get him out. Cause you could think maybe we're watching that, that maybe Nasir and, and Sydney have something together, but it goes back to, in the end, the, the edits are, are, are bad. The, the twists are bad. Uh, this episode is bad. And I think that now we start maybe having discussions that survivor might be bad, but yeah, We'll get on, but I do want to talk about the, the, the other tribe before we move on, but I'll let you get your thoughts on, on this uh, whole ordeal as well. Yeah, I, I mean, as far as the editing goes and the flashbacks, um, people have obviously already referenced this uh, online, and I believe they first did this in season 37 during David vs. Goliath with a similar idol scene, uh, like a few episodes into that season, where it was like, everyone's looking for the idol, and then it's like, oh, flashback, I actually found the idol a half hour ago. Um, as they did with Brad. Uh, and people are being like, oh, this is just, they're just like taking what people liked from the genius and making it bad. Uh, and as somebody who is a staunch, a staunch lover of the genius, which is a uh, Korean social strategy reality show yeah, uh, that took off. Have. Yeah. Very tall. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, nobody actually dies on the genius, mm -hmm. uh, even though the, the host is a very creepy guy with bandages <laughs> on his face. Um, so, uh, but yeah, in that show, they do a very good job of utilizing flashbacks as a narrative device uh, for a social strategy game, where they have the initial storyline of the episode for the first 20 minutes of the hour be telling the story from a certain player or player's perspective mm -hmm. where they feel like they're controlling the game. And then there's a certain point where it becomes aware to those people in a sort of like uh, along the ride dramatic irony situation uh, that they actually were not in control of the game and they were completely blindsided. And then we get a flashback sequence of showing why they weren't actually in control of the game and what was actually going on behind the scenes and how they got duped. That's a much better way to do this sort of flashback narrative storytelling 
for a social strategy game where you kind of get to play along with a player as they're being duped, and then you get a flashback sequence showing how they were being duped. Uh, and it's very fun when the genius does it, and you get like all these like shocked reaction faces, and like you get the whole uh, blindsiding the audience thing that the survivor has uh, really started loving to do more often recently, without it being uh, narratively unpleasant to watch. <laughs> I do think that Survivor being one in its 41st season, so it has like a rhythm in editing. Yeah. Like the, the way Survivor normally works, you'd have that scene with Nasir and Sydney. You'd cut to a confessional with Sydney being like, Nasir feels this way, I feel differently, I want to talk to Danny. Go to the mm-hmm. scene of her talking with Danny, probably yep. get a confessional from Danny's point of view, you know. Yep. Maybe even start it off with a confession from Nasir being like, I really yep. trust Sydney. Here's this scene. Sydney doesn't trust it. Talk to Danny. Danny gets conventional. Um, I think it would just be too much for them to like try to adopt a genius style way of editing now. But then it's like, okay, then maybe just don't do the flashbacks at all. Because like, I, I think... The season's already a little, like, confusing in with all the advantages. And, like, it's confusing to people like us who are, like, especially plugged in to it. Like, just imagine, like, you know, the, the casual, the, the bulk audience of Survivor, the people who just, like, oh, yeah, I just, I like Survivor. I'm going to turn it on on Wednesday night, and then I'm not going to think about it for the rest of the week. And then when the next Wednesday comes, I'll turn on the next episode. I don't see how, like, all this stuff is working for them. You know what I mean? Like, I don't see, like, either be a complex show like The Genius or be, like, the very straightforward show that you've always been. Like, there's no need to add all these advantages and start playing with how you edit because it just makes everyone kind of feel like, oh, that's weird. Why are they doing this? Does that make sense? I and I I I'm, I like uh, now hearing you both talk it out. I'm glad that I don't feel as upset at the at something as small as that. That then uh, would seem like everybody else is also upset about it because Ben, hearing you hearing you explain the genius, that sounds that sounds great. Mm-hmm. That sounds like something I would want to watch, but it does not sound like Survivor. I yeah. think in Survivor, I enjoy the real time strategizing, making you feel like you're literally sitting there in the circle with everyone at, at camp. And to see Nasir talk to Sydney, I'm sitting right next to them. And I see Sydney saying, well, I don't know. Maybe I can't trust him. And I see Nasir. Then we're like, oh, well, what's she going to do? It's like it's like we're it's like a Tarantino movie where we're we're, we're getting what's going to happen. And then we're going back knowing we're getting the buildup. It's just mm-hmm. like I don't care. And even worse is that we're, we haven't spent enough time with these people to, to care. We spent mm-hmm. a total of two minutes with Lulu last episode. <laughs> like, why, why would I why, in the end? Why would I end up caring about Nasir and Sydney strategizing? Like they've made no attempt to build up to that, and it and it it it, it ends up going into with Yase too. We, we we still in the end have never gotten any confirmation that Xander knew about knew about Voce getting voted off beforehand. We we still didn't get it. Xander got a total of thirty seconds of airtime in this episode. When like that, then that kind of falls back to the whole editing process. Is that it's very meta, you know based off of edits, you almost knew that Yase was not going to be in any trouble in this episode. You just you just knew it. And to, and to your point, Brian, maybe the bulk of the audience who are, are casual viewers were like, whoa, this is sick. I don't know what's going to happen. 
We all sit there almost new, and I showed you guys the text. I predicted right. that Ua was was going to end up going to tribal on this one. That was kind of a shot in the dark, but like the overall is like you can kind of just see, you see patterns in the editing, and I think that's really affecting it. So maybe that's why they're trying to do all these switch ups, but they're just doing it in the wrong way, and yeah. I, I I just don't like it because on on to Yase, we see that there clearly was conflict with with uh, with uh, Liana wanting to vote wanting to vote out Xander instead of Tiffany. Like we clearly saw that we got none of that last episode, and I don't. And this, I feel like this is like one of the first times we saw that there was like no conflict. Because last episode we saw she was frustrated, and then mm -hmm. we saw there was just a super easy tribal. It was very clear they were voting on Voce no matter what. And in this episode we saw that there was clear conflict, and we still have yet to see that that Xander was in on that loop. Because if he wasn't, then there was clearly there's clearly a conflict there to show, and they didn't show it. Poor Evie, what did Evie get a, a, a gasp in this whole episode? <sighs> And she's she's one of the top three players in the game. Yeah, she's yeah, the I, main character up until this episode. Up until this episode, yeah. I, I feel zero connection to 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 everyone in this game, even Shin and Evie, who I think are probably the two best players in the game. I feel zero connection to them. Like Brad, I, like Brad, I, is the other reason is I thought he for sure was saying because I still didn't feel a true connection or a redemption for him. Brad was just a player that got way too many advantages, if you want to call them advantages now. Uh, it's essentially, they're essentially disadvantages. You got <laughs> yeah. way too many advantages. The only thing that you can know from Brad is he places trust in someone way too much. And once again, someone that played the game too hard, maybe too early. And I think that's maybe going to bite uh, bite Nasir in the, in the butt. But I don't know. I just hate it. I know I kind of went on a rambling there. I just, no, I'm, really, I'm, right. re I'm really, I'm really disappointed for my first live survivor. It's, it's, a, it's a bummer. I know. It's a big bummer. Hey, at least Sandra's going to be on Australian Survivor. Maybe we can cover that. <laughs> but uh, anyways, not to, not to sidetrack. But yeah, no, Dylan, like you said, the genius is definitely the like reality TV junkie like reality show. Is that kind of accurate, Ben? Like, yeah. This is the reality show that reality TV junkies love. Uh, Survivor's not that, but Survivor's a great show when it's being itself. And what Survivor is, is a game where, at one point, we were getting to know the characters. When someone was getting voted out, it, the storyline of the episode was, why is this person the person getting voted off? Now, it's like Ben said, how do we surprise the audience, which is not the Survivor, it's not the winning formula. And I almost feel like Survivor, it took a year off because of the pandemic, and they were, like, nervous. Like, they're like, we need to come back hard and have this crazy game, have all these twists and turns and keep people in it. And I think, ironically, like, that's what's turning people off. And if they had just done, like, a back-to-basics almost season with, like, limited twists, but, like, we trust that the 18 people we cast are good enough to carry the show, I think people would be more into it. Yeah, 100%. And I do think that, like, the the biggest redeeming quality for the season for me is the cast. I do think the cast is above average, at least, uh, as far as Survivor seasons goes. And the majority of them are giving us, like, something. Even, like, even the, like, the ones who aren't giving us anything are just the ones that the show has decided for whatever reason to not show us. People like Erica and Heather, and then also Jeannie. Uh, but everybody who has gotten like a substantial presence on the show, I think has been uh, a positive to the season overall. Uh, yeah. Whether as like a, a character who's 
uh, entire storyline is either bad at Survivor or as somebody who's uh, like Shane or Evie, uh, demonstrating that they can just single-handedly command an entire tribe just from their social presence. Um, and I think like that whole spectrum of uh, people on the cast uh, is very interesting to, to see. Mm-hmm. And I wish that the story of the season was about that and it wasn't, you know, 75% about like how these different advantages and twists and trinkets and like mini games interact with each other. Yeah. I has Erica had a confessional? I think she had a I think she had one at the start of the premiere, mm. like in the opening sequence. Like right away. Right away. We saw we, we, we saw that she gets one next week though. Yes, yeah, yes. maybe, maybe, maybe it was bad editing. Maybe we don't. <laughs> yeah, they just left that on the floor. They're like, we'll put this in the promo and then yeah. not include it in the actual episode. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. tough because Luvu's the dominant tribe and, like, yeah. the dominant tribe always gets a little shafted in the edit. Um, right. Unless but, you have someone like Abby Maria on it who's just causing insane yeah. chaos. But, but a lot of people have compared the the story arc at least so far this season to Kagayan because we have this kind of like uh, lovable loser tribe who are doing what would uh, on the face of it look to be uh, stupid things with their vote outs in Yasa which would be the brains tribe and you have this like dominant tribe who as we see in the preview is now thinking about throwing a, a challenge in episode 4 where have we seen this before? This is essentially an analog to the Braun tribe. And then, although I would not really be a super, you know, adamant at comparing uh, Brad to Bryce Isaiah, it's kind of an odd comparison, but that would leave uh, this kind of middle-of-the-road tribe of people who don't seem to super know what they're doing of, uh, of Ua as the beauty tribe. Yeah. Um, I think that is the freakiest freak, personally. But yeah, that's the that's um, real inside baseball one. But 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 with that being said, I'm pretty sure by episode four of Kagayan, we had a pretty decent view of every player on the Bron tribe, even though they hadn't gotten to a tribal council yet. Uh, like I think everybody on that tribe had at least some amount of presence, mm-hmm. um, and was like we kind of knew what the social structure of the tribe was, even though they hadn't gone to travel council. And that is 1 million percent not the case with Luvu. Um, I think we've so... heard more about Wu on this season than we've heard about Luvu. <laughs> Period, so. Yeah. Yeah, thanks to JD. Mm-hmm. Um, I love JD so, yeah. for stuff like that, I'll be honest. Like, I feel like, as a, as a super fan of the show, I'd be like, I also would be, like, talking about past seasons way too much to uh-huh. Jeff, so I appreciate that. Yeah. yeah. Hey, Jeff, remember, remember when Wu still Spencer's uh, idol? Pretty cool, huh? <laughs> that, was, that was good. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> remember that time Wes Neal told you about the time he ate, like, 50 chicken wings and threw up? And Jeff would be like, no, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I got it. Sorry. Oh my god. Yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't expecting a '90s SNL pool, but we got there. So, um, 
That was essentially what Wes did the time he asked him about two and a half men. Yeah. Hey, hey Chef, remember when you were on two and a half men? Yes. That was awesome. Oh, man. Bring Wes back. We got Keith back. I want to see Wes. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> oh, man. That's how uh, good this yeah. season is. We're longing for our I was just about to say 28 that. We're, 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 we're like, we're like uh, reminiscing about uh, the awesome things in Kagai and San Juan del Sur because mm-hmm. we can't find anything uh, exciting to talk about. <laughs> hey, they're two of my favorite seasons. I don't know what to say. Yeah, they're two of the last uh, good seasons of Survivor. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Alright. Um, um, but yeah, alright. Let's get to, we referenced before, uh, Brad uh, finds the the um, this second beware advantage. Uh, and also Tiffany finds the, the beware advantage and shares it. Oh, a lot. We have not. Oh, we know we haven't even gotten to that yet, Brian. We have yeah. to talk about the 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 tarp version of the prisoner's dilemma. Yeah, we. I guess we have to. Yeah, it, it definitely matters. Hold on, before we get it, do we get res- did we get resolution on, on um, what Tiffany did? No, right? No. Uh, no, she well, did she the tarp. tarped. She yeah. tarped it. She yeah. tarped it, okay. Yeah. Because okay. she she all she was going there expecting to find a tarp. Oh, mm. uh, okay. Got it. Got it. Got it. Okay. <laughs> and right. and Sydney I, was I like, was... <laughs> she's like, yeah, I didn't find a tarp. Fuck Tiffany. Also love Brad. Hope you got to steal the vote advantage. Yeah. Yeah. No, I. <laughs> all right. I completely zoned out for like five <laughs> minutes, so I re- I literally was not even a hundred percent sure what the resolution was. Mm. Um. It's just but nice that he included True Mail for something, you know? That used to be a yeah. part of the show, remember? They yeah, in episode, one, in episode one, their True Mail was brought to them by a production assistant on a boat for some reason. <laughs> right, cards on the table, guys. We're a little out of practice. We forgot to set up True Mail, so yeah. bear with us. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. Uh, this is the... Uh, I, I was actually confused about how this uh, version of the uh, Prisoner's Dilemma was going to work. Because at I first I thought... That... Oh, you're going to explain? Yes. Okay. All three people pick tarp. You all get a tarp. Yeah. If all three people uh, pick the seal of vote, no one gets anything. If people pick seal of vote and tarp, the only person who gets anything is the steal the vote people. Okay. And I, it was the, the people, if everybody picks steal a vote, they all lose their vote as well, yeah, right? Yep. Okay. Uh, so when, when they first started reading it, I thought there were three choices, like three options, because Choose they were like... lose your vote. Yeah. <laughs> I, I thought they mentioned something about a tribal advantage, but I guess a tribal advantage was the tarp. Yeah. Uh, my, my initial read of that was, oh, a tribal advantage and a challenge. Um, but then they're like, no, you choose either tarp or to get a steal of vote. And I was like, oh, okay, I guess that the tarp was the tribal advantage. Um, and so, yeah, um, this is kind of the more classic version of the survivor, uh, like, you know, uh, issue where you have to choose to be selfish or to be, uh, tribe focused. Mm-hmm. Or um, the of course. Yeah, or the <laughs> One of, one of, one of really my only takeaways from like this fifteen-minute stretch of the episode 
is that is one as I think that Tiffany is going to be a much more uh, dangerous player than maybe we were giving her credit for because we saw that she was very clear. Well, she immediately said that if they weren't there when I saw that advantage, I wouldn't have told them. Which I'm also of the opinion that obviously certain advantages where now they're not they don't have their vote and ones like this where they have to sneak away, they have to tell people. Mm-hmm. As we saw with Sydney, it, it worked for her, but we saw that one. Tiffany was like kind of like uh, maybe a little pissed that she found it <laughs> in front of Evie and uh, Liana. We saw that Liana was pissed that she was there the whole time and she could have found it. And then I think that we saw like this horrible negotiation tactic from Tiffany when she was talking to Sydney and, and, and Pratt. Yeah. Basically, like, hey, we're taking this. Like, do you want to play Survivor or do you want to tarp? Like, that's pretty <clears throat> much what she said. Like, so I think she's already burning bridges before we've even gotten to emerge, which I mm-hmm. thought was very interesting. So my like hot take, my hot takeaway, it was my first thought after that we left this prisoner the prisoner dilemmas uh, scene was that I think the combination between Leanna being very upset that she didn't make she didn't make the bold move to vote out Xander, and then Tiffany basically saying that like you know what I really don't I guess I maybe I don't really have alliances to anybody I still want to play just my game. I don't know. I think I, I think that I think that Yase in the next episode or two, if we don't get a merge, I think Yase be, could become chaos. Like I, I I think that literally anybody might be voted out in Yase. Mm-hmm. I could be overreading it, but I I think maybe Leanna won't 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 be won't make the same mistake twice. And I think Tiffany is just gonna start uh, turning into chaos. Tiffany, I, I don't know. <laughs> or Jatia, which would be the the next you know logical like step in the Kagaim comparison. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's gonna dump out the rice. Um, I hope so. so. Yeah, I well actually you don't have any rice. So that's, that's true. That's the unfortunate. She's gonna, th- she's gonna throw their flint that they just got back into the ocean. Um, yeah. Um, so the thing is with a prisoner's dilemma is it's deliberately designed to be unwinnable, uh, and so you really can't generally fault somebody for like playing it wrong because there's no real way to play it right. Uh, it's just a matter of like making a read and playing this, like, game's chicken. But, with that being said, Tiffany played very wrong. <laughs> Tiffany was the first person in history to somehow actively play the Prisoner's Dilemma. Right. Because she did... She she said, I am going to do the the selfish and bad thing, and then she didn't. <laughs> yeah. It's like yeah, she... Go ahead, you got I was gonna say it's like it's it's like she like maybe expected uh, Sydney, who was very strongly saying I'm not going for the extra vote, mm-hmm. the extra vote, and it goes back to her. It goes back to Tiffany, maybe just straight up not trusting anyone. I don't think because I don't think she truly trusted trusted Evie with with her knowing knowing uh, Xander's uh, the rules to Xander's item. I think Tiff, I think Tiffany is a I I, I want to say like a bad player who might make it far because she oh, yeah. has a lot of dumb things. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's all I have to say about her. I, it's just like, uh, I, I, I think I don't even think she's now, I thought maybe she had the social game as a redemption, but I think we're clearly seeing the second that she was exposed to someone she hasn't had any interactions with, with it went bad and she made a bad move. So that, that's my takeaway. It's like she, she stinks. And I think it may cost, and I think it may be another result of another bad player. And so I doubled down on, on my, on my take last week that Evie made a bad choice keeping her. I agree. I agree. Uh, 
What I also think is that she's the kind of player who's like, oh yeah, she should probably go. But now I'm in. I'm all in on Tiffany. I want Tiffany to fucking be here for as long as possible. I want her to burn everybody who like keeps her there. I want it to be like woo, or not woo. I want it to be like um, who's the, I guess like Abby would be a better example. Like yeah. I can work with Abby. I'll I'll keep Abby. Abby will work with me, and then Abby's just like no. Like, I'm going to do my own thing no matter what. And it's fucking glorious. Like, I hated Abby. Ben knows. I hated Abby in Survivor Philippines. And then Mm -hmm. I came around really big on Second Chance. Second Chance Abby's good. Yeah, yeah, Second Chance Abby is peak Abby. And I just didn't appreciate her the first time. So I want to appreciate Tiffany this time first go around. Yeah. No, I... In the lead up to to uh, second chance, I remember having a conversation with Brian. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brian was very anti Abby coming back, and I was very pro Abby coming back. And I was like trying to be like, no, Abby is 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 beautiful television. She is like guaranteed drama, uh, and like like it's just you know uh, it's it's automatic manufactured conflict just because she's so bad at Survivor, but in such a way where you want to keep her around and then you get immediately burned by keeping her around. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I agree to an extent that that could work or that could be the case with uh, Tiffany here. But similarly to why I think that uh, keeping Jatia ended up being, in hindsight, correct for the brain striper, at the very least correct for the people making that decision, uh, primarily Cass, um, I do think that it could still work out here for Evie and Liana. Um, but I do think that she probably does need to get cut at some point in the near future, uh, for sure. Um, because, you know, oh, we're going to continue, I guess, to, to do the Kagayan uh, podcast here. Uh, Cass literally almost won the season. He was like mm-hmm. essentially five seconds away from, from winning from that season, right. presumably. Um, so like, obviously we don't want to be results oriented, but a lot of the reason why Cass was able to, to take some early social control in that game was because of the decision to keep the tier around as a lightning rod and as like a, a way to be kind of what Tiffany is here for Evie, uh, as somebody who is like the anti-meat shield. We talk about like Jeremy's meat shield strategy in Cambodia of keeping uh, bigger threats around who are going to take a bullet for you before you when you're also a bigger threat. Mm-hmm. Uh, for somebody like Evie, who could be seen as a liability in the early part of the game, uh, keeping somebody who's an obvious bigger liability like Tiffany around gives you that same sort of buffer in the opposite direction to get you to a position where that liability, that sort of liability, wouldn't matter. But that would be my take. And it's a similar thing with I also yeah. just I just think that this season needs a villain. Like it needs a well, villain. Sydney. I think Sydney's villain. I think it's coming in. I think I think we have two. I think we have two between Sydney and Tiffany. Yeah. And I, I can't I can't really think of anybody else at the moment that I see as like a true villain. Yeah. Unfortunately, there's also just a lot of too too many nice people on this season. They keep trying to like frame Ricard as a villain. Like they keep like having other people be like, yeah, he's a snake. 
It's like, mm-hmm. is he a snake? What has he done to be a snake? I think <laughs> I think Ricard is is honestly one of the one of the more least interesting uh, players in the game right now. I think I think uh, as we close <laughs> stuff, Shan has so so badly taken over that tribe. It's it's uh, it's Shan's. It's I I I almost think that Shan's. I think Shan's getting maybe a winner's edit at this point. Yeah. Oh, oh, because I, yeah. I I I think I think that that tribe. Uh, Genie's done. I think Genie's done because. Well, let's get into let's get into the rest of it so that I can explain. Yeah, all uh, right. Let's talk I, about I the think. idol. And yeah, let's let's that. get the let's get the second scene out of the way where we have an advantage that ends up getting flushed by the end of the episode. <laughs> Where uh, we get our flashback scene of Brad finding the second beware idol in this tree, with Genie being semi-present uh, and kind of being read the rules, and it seemed like Genie being like uh, half read the rules across a gap of forest had a better grasp of how it worked than uh, than Tiffany, who was carefully explaining the rules for what seemed like hours over and over again. Mm. Uh, so I guess that's a, a, a plus for Genie, I guess. Yes. Um, but yeah, um, I don't know. There's really so little to talk about this scene because I, it doesn't matter. I don't think that there's much. I I don't think there's much to talk about other than other than in even like I said, I don't think it ended up making a huge difference uh, of Brad mm-hmm. trusting Shan. I, I I just I, I I maybe it did in the long run, but I still think that Brad was probably going to end up being the player to go in this one. Um, yeah, I don't think there's much to talk about because, especially because we know how it ends. I just, yeah, you know, I just, I, I don't want to pull a survivor and spend 30 minutes on, on, a, on an advantage. Yeah. yeah. Well, in about like two minutes, we're going to flash back to what we were doing before the podcast. So, um, don't worry. <laughs> yeah. No, I agree. I, I think the best part about this was, um, him not remembering what his code phrase was. <laughs> and he's just like, yeah, tree broccoli grows on trees. Um, definitely something about broccoli, Jeff. That was, yeah. <laughs> Xander's like, is he? Do I? Do I say what I need to say now? I literally that was one of the few times I was actually sitting there like, wait a minute. I was like, wait a minute. I don't think he said that right. I was like, I was like, is, is the idol not activated now? Like, yeah. Somebody else says it. Because I, honest to God, I thought for sure. I thought for sure. Xander was going to say it. There was going to be a moment of silence, and then someone random over on the stage with the final one. And we were going to get a flashback to them finding the idol. I oh, literally, man. I sat there, I said it out loud to my wife. I'm like, I, like, I bet you someone on Lulu has it. They're going to do a flashback. Oh my God. It was one of the only times maybe doing a flashback would have been like, wow, holy fuck. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that would have been a, a reasonable time to do a flashback. That would have made sense narratively. Yeah, um, yeah it was like, uh, it reminded me of like the meme. Of the little kid uh, talking about his the dream. Yeah. Uh, it's like, you ever have a dream where you where you do you can you where you said you crazy you so well, much that you could probably could you do anything? I, I I was just expecting you know like when uh, he tried to come up with like the broccoli thing. I was just waiting for that big brother like it. Eh. You know, like when they hit the buzzer and it's their their puzzle is wrong. I was just waiting for something like that. But uh, yeah, I guess. Do we want to speculate now on whether or not Xander's idol is gone, or are they gonna rehide the idol? Like, what the hell is if, happening? 
if if it's if it's not, then then Brad getting voted out, and getting that airtime is even worse. Mm-hmm. If, if 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 that if that whole play isn't dead, then I, I I then I think that that makes it even worse. If they throw in an additional idol, um, I I just I think at that that point you then start talking about fixed gameplay because I I just I, I like it has to be dead. There has to be consequences yeah. of someone finding this and then them not getting it. Getting voted out. Yeah, let's just yeah. put a regular idol and just pretend this never happened, and let let them find. G- that give now. someone an actual advantage for fucking once. <laughs> for once, well, we have we have like forty thousand uh, extra votes. So many so that as as it happened later, I actually forgot that JD had extra votes, so it became semi relevant. Yeah. Um, but. Yeah, uh, and I think this comes back kind of to just like general twist design overall, uh, because when you have twists, and we, I talk about this on the Big Brother podcast, and Brian knows as well, uh, when it comes to twist design, uh, if you have a twist, and the, there's two options, and one of the options is it literally doesn't matter, and it's a complete waste of time, or the other option is it completely destroys the fabric of the game that's infuriating to watch. Mm. That's a bad twist. Yes. That's a fundamentally bad twist. You have created a twist where there are no good outcomes. And Big Brother does this all the time, and now Survivor has done it a lot. Every season. Every season, Big Brother's like, all right, how are we ruining it this time? Yeah. Most of the time, Big Brother gets lucky in the sense that it, it goes to the side of like it doesn't affect the game at yeah. all. Uh, we can only hope that'll be similar for Survivor. Well, yeah, this is this is the like the perfect encapsulation of this is Edge of Extinction as a twist. And I don't want to spoil Dylan on these seasons, but it's like the perfect encapsulation of the two bad ways for Edge of Extinction to, to play out. And there's no good outcome, narratively. Right. All right. You're good, though. Right, we're good. We're good. <laughs> uh, just don't watch it. Ba- I mean, I didn't really say anything super spoiler. No, no. But, but, uh, uh, but, yeah, it's just, I just don't know what the logic is. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know what they, what, what is their ideal way for this beware advantage to play out? Yeah, so I was thinking about this. I Like, is the purpose of the Beware Advantage to give players, like, some sort of idea of where the idols are at any given time? Because that's the only thing I can think of. And I don't know if that's good. Like, I don't think that'd be a good thing. The whole point of, like, an idol is, like, it's being, like, something someone can, like, whip out, like, of nowhere. And everyone's like, oh, my God. We all voted, like, Kelly Wentworth whips right. out her idol, like, she didn't have to tell, you know, Bion that she had an idol, you know what I mean? Like, right right now, the idols are just going to be known quantities, if this is how the twist plays out, because Xander told Evie, who told Liana, you know, who told Tiffany, and then Brad told Teeny, and, like, also Shan. So like Shan knows that Xander has an idol. Xander and all of Yase knew that Brad had an idol, you know, and then whoever from Luvu would know. And then like everyone would know who has the idol. 
you know? I don't I don't think it's too far off from actually giving the example that I thought was going to happen in this episode. Mm. Between all all the all the weird stuff that they've been doing, I really don't think it's that crazy to suspect that they're going to I think they might do that. I think they might do an edit flashback of someone getting cuz that's the only thing that I can think of that it makes it like that exciting. That whole mm. thing. Uh, but that's only like that's only who knows how much longer we have we have that idol even left in play. Yeah. Probably like uh, at most two rounds, I would say. Because mm -hmm. usually we merge at 12 or 13 in Modern Survivor. There are 14 left. So I think I think two is our max. Uh, it seems like we might actually merge from uh, three directly into a merge at this point. Um, if we don't swap next week, then we're going yeah. directly into a merge for sure. So yeah, at, at most we have, I think, two weeks left where this idol twist is relevant, and if Luvu just doesn't find their idol in the next couple of rounds, then it's just... <laughs> it's we've all, just spent... It's all pointless. Yeah, we've spent, again, all of this airtime for a twist that didn't matter. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, 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 think, I think that that might be the best hope, honestly, for this season, is I think to get to that merge and hopefully that they switch back to older styles. Mm -hmm. I, I think maybe, yeah. maybe I think maybe their overall goal to kind of answer your question, Brian, was maybe to try to create as much chaos and and deception early on, mm -hmm. and maybe maybe that just didn't work out. My 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 overall biggest concern, though, now that I'm thinking about it, is that we're going to be getting two seasons of this. Because they're, <laughs> oh, they're for not, sure, they're not going to know the the, the initial uh, feedback, the the mm -hmm. the outcry of fans. Obviously, because they've already filmed 42. So, yeah. yikes. Yeah, my only hope is, like, the did Edge of Extinction on 38 and then dropped it for 39. Um, because they didn't, didn't know what the uh, feedback was. Maybe that would be the case. Also, like, maybe, and I doubt this is the case, because Jeff fucking pops a boner for advantages. But, like, maybe it was, like... Hey, we've had some situations in the past where players have obtained multiple hidden immunity idols. Um, maybe we just try to avoid that by putting in this system where you find an idol, but you might not even get to like carry it into the merge. Is that like a possibility, or am I like giving too much credit where there shouldn't be any? I think you're giving too much credit. Yeah, because <laughs> I, I I think I think the other very frustrating thing about this is that nobody's playing anything. Yeah. Nobody, nobody's rolling the dice. No, like, uh, I'll get into tribal things, but nobody's, nobody's doing anything. Nobody's mm -hmm. acting on those. So if these do get flushed out at the merger, then what, what the, what the fuck do we just do for you know five, six episodes? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. No, it's, it's bizarre, and I think that especially with the supposed, uh, you know, outlook that Jeff has put forward on the season. Uh, a rationale that uh, Mike White had imparted in him before the season of like Survivor is supposed to be fun, uh, and uh, you know that should be the guiding principle for your game design. Um, this this is kind of a weird like deep cut that like nobody is gonna like be able to relate to. But I watch uh, GTA RP on Twitch, and it's a very uh, complicated uh, like basically improv web that is constantly on with everybody's perspective. 
Uh, it's very interesting. There's a lot of fun, like, social dynamics to it. Uh, and there's, like, some potential metaphorical uh, situation there. Uh, and there are uh, characters within this role-play situation who are business people, and sometimes the mechanics of the game make it so they have to do things like taxes and to do, <laughs> right. uh, like, business expenses. Mm -hmm. And this is memed as spreadsheet RP, where a player has to play their character for, like, 30 to 60 minutes, basically doing uh, business expenses in a spreadsheet instead of interacting with the other player characters. Um, and it's a meme because it's, like, game uh, mechanics within the structure of the, the society that are intrinsically making unfun content. Mm -hmm. And I mentioned in the text message group Keeping track of all of these ridiculous advantages, their rules, how they interact, all of this like fine text, it's, it's, it's spreadsheet RP. It's not fun. <laughs> it's not engaging. It's confusing. And nobody wants to see it. It doesn't, it doesn't uh, create uh, more interesting television. It doesn't enhance the storylines in any way. And as we've seen with people like Evie and Shan, they are able to control the tribe regardless of these these twists anyways. So it's completely arbitrary and, and unnecessary. So, like, yeah. what are we doing? And it's imperfect spreadsheet RP in the sense that we don't understand yep. how these twists interact with each other. Could Rad have stolen someone's vote tonight? I don't fucking know. The show's not telling us. Like, yep. so yep. we're just left to wonder, like, what's going to happen and uh, is anyone ever going to take a shot in the dark? <laughs> like, what the hell is that? I was, I was about to say, do we want to just get into the tribal? I, I, yeah, Yase I, wins immunity. Very nice. I, I personally don't have, ass. I don't have no, any. The challenge, the challenge was other, yeah. other than JD's, like, very stupid multiple layup attempts. That was so, fun. Like, that was great. I just, I, I just assumed you had to stay on the on your feet <laughs> on the board the entire time. Yeah. Uh, dumb. Uh, but I, I'm ready to get the tribal because I think that's where I have the most positive things to say about this show. Yeah, mm -hmm. it felt like yeah. Survivor during the tribal. It was nice. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh. Well, I mean, we do have to set up the tribal here, though, with the, the one important scene, which is uh, as I referenced earlier. Uh, in case you forgot, uh, JD has an extra vote, and. He has decided to hold this extra, extra vote uh, half sticking out of his pants and his waistband, uh, which is a, definitely the correct move and not to, like, you know, go and bury it or put it in your bag or anything like that, or, like, your sock, or, like, oh, literally anywhere else. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Shan uh, notices it and says, hey, that's clearly a piece of parchment. Uh, so that's the thing that you have that you haven't told me about. We're supposed to be in an alliance here, uh, friendo. <laughs> and there's a confrontation. And that, the resolution of that confrontation is uh, JD basically begging for forgiveness and handing the uh, extra vote over to Shan uh, as, a, as a sign of trust. He's just like, what do you want me to say? I suck at Survivor. Is that what you want me to say? Yeah. <laughs> Shan's like, I mean, yeah, you do. You're, you're trash, cuz. Like, and uh, he's like, okay, well, here's my extra vote. And Shan, 
you know, Shan didn't have to play the game. So that's, Shan's that's really how, winning. That's how much of a grasp she has on that tribe. Is that mm-hmm. he was literally like like little boy got his hand caught in the cookie jar. Now he's like he's like guiltily turning over the cookie to his mom. Like that's what that was. <laughs> yeah. That's again I, I do think there are a lot of uh, good characters and player and, and uh, likable people on this season. I think there are a lot of very like closeted horrible players, and I think Daisy's one of them. I don't think it's closeted at all. I, I think I think after this episode it's not, but I think I think maybe after the first episode there was some hope for him, and then obviously the last episode we didn't get any airtime with him. This episode I'm just like this dude got blatantly caught, made no attempt to lie about it. Like we said, why was it in his waistband? Like it's just dumb just another a dumb move that like i i i it it, it kind of plays back to I, which i think it's getting downplayed because of all the all the advantages and the dumb changes that there have been so uh, already so many dumb dumb moves three episodes in by by players oh i don't like i don't think jd's gonna win it guys it's okay at least you're having the band being off a little early here you have to sit through the whole season I, I since I'm the first, I want to be the first one voted out. I rightfully get to choose Shan as the winner. <laughs> it's only fair. Oh man. Um, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. I there's not there's nothing else to say really. Like JD is just bad. Like he he saves himself here. I think with that move, and I think that combined with the fact that I think. If, you know, a gun was put to Shan's head, she's going to pick JD uh, over Brad outside of these, like, trinkets and strategy elements, just on a social basis, regardless. Um, and so I think that, at the very least, he has that going for him. But, like, his individual micro-decisions in this game and the way he's, like, approached a lot of these one-on-one interactions and social uh, interactions... Has been just like completely atrocious, and he's basically being kept in the game right now because Shan sees him as like a useful pawn <laughs> that she has in her control, and she says that she vocalizes that in the episode, being like, "Yeah, I'll just keep uh, JD. He's clearly completely in my pocket, and we'll just do whatever the hell I tell him to." Right. Um, yeah. All right. Let's get to the tribal council. Um, Brian, well, we, you said that this is the first time in the season where it felt like Survivor, potentially. Um, yeah, you're talking about, you know, the age-old, like, what do you value in this game? Do you value alliances forged through, like, struggle that, you know, forged through actually testing the alliance through votes? Or do you, you know, just want pure numbers that you really can't vote? And I think most of the players understand now that you know, trial by fire where you actually come through with the alliance way better than just having pure numbers of people who like maybe even don't like one another that much. Um, and I think everyone kind of shared that same opinion. Um, and then I really, I really enjoyed JD talking about like, you know, as, as a fellow nerd who, you know, sought comfort through survivor growing up, um talking about that and his like love for the various players and you know i think whatever happens with jt like you know he he went out there he he took like the risk and the chance and got up off the couch as as they say and uh he got to play survivor and he's an entertaining player like uh in this and it felt like 
you know, even if that was the end, it still would have been like worth it for him. I think. I don't know if you guys disagree. I once again going back to edits. I thought I thought that was his goodbye. Just yeah. the, the, that edit between, like I said, all the airtime Brad was getting with those advantages. Uh, I thought two things. I thought JD not not rolling the die uh, uh, after or after that was. Uh, goes back to no one's playing anything because that was like another situation where I feel like you should have, could have, would have rolled the die because your vote in the end may not have maybe even made a difference, but uh, it, it did. But um, I, yeah, I mean, that it was nice, Brian. I, I, I guess to your point about the, the feeling with Survivor, it was just nice that JD didn't get up and like try to whisper in Shan's ear to like try to keep him. That he like actually ended up pleading to the tribe and not just to one individual person, even though it was obviously to Shan. Um, yeah, it was just nice to have a semi-normal tribal and no one getting up and doing wacky shit <laughs> and a, a sort of blindside. It was like, there was one of two people. It was Brad or, was Brad or JD. So I don't know if I was as shocked it was Brad. I thought it was meta-wise, but um, yeah, it was nice to see that. And, and also, it uh, goes back, Shan, Shan is driving, uh, the, driving this, this tribe. There's no, there's no two ways uh, around it. No, that's pretty much it. Uh, I do. I, I liked the moment. And this is probably one of the redeeming moments of the episode where uh, JD at Tribal, uh, like when, like, it, it was basically revealed, like, oh, you, you know, you, I might have done something that portrayed me as dishonest or uh, untrustworthy, uh, and like basically, like, you know, uh, like laying his heart on the table uh, to try to like get back into. Uh, Shane's good graces to an extent. And obviously, at this point, we, we know, like, you know, unless there is a live tribal, the, the vote's already locked in. Like, Shane and Ricard are not changing their votes here. Like, they were already planning on keeping JD before he made this little speech. Uh, but I think as far as, like, a character moment, it was not. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I don't really have much else to add. Um, Brad, second off of your tribe, fourth person off the game twice as good as I thought he was going to do in terms of his tribe, four times as good as I thought he was going to do in terms of all the players, so hats off. Exceeded expectations. Way, way exceeded (laughs) my expectations. I was locked like this is the first boot of the season, 100%, so good on him. It's just uh, good on Shan. Uh, she 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 made the right play. She got out the guy that had... That had the the most uh, opposing power to her in that tribe, who had the potential, he had the advantages uh, and the in the potential idol. Um, she keeps the numbers in her favor because she has Ricard and JD locked down. JD's I don't think is going is going anywhere. I'm curious by what they have in the in the in the trailers for next week about saying that he was played by by one female, whether it's her or, or Jeannie. Uh, yeah, just just uh, an overall Shan. I, I like her. I like her as I just explained. I like her move a lot more than Heavy. I think she took the next necessary route, got out the stronger player, kept the kept the alliance that she could have kept, uh, and the, the end result was all the better for her. So kudos to her. I, I yeah, I th- I think that she probably jumps ahead of uh, Evie now, uh, for for who I think is the most dangerous player in the game. Which I, I think she just has it all. And I, I haven't really paid attention to much uh, of the physical challenges just because they've been kind of nothing, but she seems like she's done pretty well in those too. So um, all, all in on Shane because I know JD ain't going to make it. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, I mostly agree with that. I mean, I, I'm i still, like, relatively defensive of uh, Evie's decision, uh, especially with, like, more stuff that's come out uh, in, like, the, the post-interviews, which, again, is, like, very useful information that probably should be, you know, portrayed on the episodes, um, which is that uh, it's it appears like Evie is doing this intentional matching strategy we referenced uh, last week, um, where uh, you try to, like, <laughs> in a three-tribe season, decimate your tribe in order to be a swing vote of a merge. Um, and so with that in mind, I think that, you know, keeping Tiffany makes sense. And also, uh, it was revealed, I believe, that there was, like, basically zero time uh, between when Evie came back from, like, the uh, Shipwreck Island thing and them going to travel council. <laughs> so, like, the vote out of vote was not even really a decision, it seemed like, that was made. Uh, and it was just more so, like, okay, there's no time left. We should have to go with it at this point. Um, so I think that with that in mind, I think it's more defensible even, uh, even then. Um, but, yeah, I definitely agree. I think that at this point, if I'm picking a winner, it's Shan. It's, uh, Shan is getting the winner at it, like, for sure. And, you know, Survivor recently has done these weird edit uh, situations where they'll have somebody who looks like such a strong competitor overall, and they end up going in, like, you know, 11th place or something. Uh, and it's just, like, completely out of nowhere, and then the story, like, flips on its head. So that could happen to Shan, but right now, I agree, she's the front runner. Yeah, shout out Rourke. Uh, see those hustlers. Thought she was going far, got clipped immediately at the merch. Didn't see it coming. <clears throat> oh no, not that, that was that was not Rourke. Rourke was pre merch no. boot. But I also thought she was gonna be around for a while. You're thinking of um Jessica? Yes, yeah, something of Jessica. Yeah. I yeah. I do wanna I guess my predictions going forward, I do wanna say, uh and I mentioned it earlier, watch out for a conflict between Leanna and Navi. I think. Uh there's a reason they showed why Leanna was so frustrated with uh with not voting Xander after what seemingly wasn't very, very easy vote. But maybe to your point too, maybe she felt rushed. I'm just, uh, as, a, as a wacky prediction, I'm saying watch, uh, I think watch for the blind side of Evie. Maybe maybe pre-merge or ever at merge. That's my prediction. Right. But the overall point of that is, Ben, is I, I still like Leanna. I think that Leanna is a strong player who's going to go pretty far. Hey, well, I mean, that's good to hear from me. I, I'm glad that I'm glad that you have faith in my pick, if not your own. I don't have any in mine. So. Um, and yeah, for Brian, I do think that uh, Deshaun is probably one of. The, I mean, we have we have more... literally no information on that trend other than yeah. probably like the second or third most visible person on that tribe, which is not saying a lot, but at least we've had some scenes with them. Yeah, I would say he's third after yeah, Sydney after and then Nasir. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, yeah, I, yeah, I'm, I, I'm interested to see. We have this preview. Uh, usually, the previews are intentionally misleading and trying to like anti-telegraph to create like uh, build up and then like have exactly zero payoff in the next week. But we have this preview uh, where the main focus is that people seem to be. Uh, kind of getting tired of Sydney shit. 
and uh, and she might be like losing grip of this tribe or whatever, uh, which to me says that uh, it's not going to matter at all. Uh, Luvu is not going to go to tribal council, and uh, you know by episode uh, five or six, uh, Sydney is going to still be in a decent spot. Mm-hmm. Probably. Um, but yeah, no. Anything else you want to talk about uh, for an episode that we all agreed was bad? We did talk about it for over an hour. We did. Well, we talked um, about Survivor Kagayan for like twenty minutes, but true. Yeah. Let's just do a let's just do a, a Kagayan like rewatch. Rewatch, yeah. Yeah, I'm down. I don't know how that would yeah, work with a reality television show, but like, uh, let's yeah. People have done it. People who usually have more clout to be able to just kind of put out random content and get away with it have done it. Let's use our, our media connections here for each episode, just trying to get the person that was voted out. Do we know? Oh, well, I mean, that's some... from Survivor 28. I don't think I don't think we do. Do we know anyone from 28? Yeah. Um, oh, I mean, I've met Bryce in passing a few times at events, um, but. I know. I, I have, I have mutual friends with Bryce. Yeah. Um, through like. If we could get community. Bryce, that'd be pretty, pretty dope. Honestly. Um. Anybody else? No. Uh, we met Spencer briefly. Yeah. Um. I don't think Spencer right. acknowledges Survivor anymore. <laughs> no. Uh, I guess he goes by Raymond now, right? So. Mm. Um. Anybody else? I'm trying to go through the cast in my head. I don't. Think we really do? Let's just get. Um, Let's just Bryce get would probably, yeah. Bryce would probably be the most likely, but he also has his own podcast on RHAP. So yeah. let's just go for it and get Tony. Let's do yeah. a full. <laughs> let's do a full re-listen of rewatch of Kagiyan. Let's just go get Tony. Yeah, I mean, that'd be the dream. Honestly, that's the uh, Tony or Sandra. Those are the two, the two big ones for me that mm-hmm. I have on this show. So. Uh, yeah, we'll see. All right, so look for our Kageon uh, rewatch uh, starting next Wednesday. <laughs> we just start with episode four of Kageon and just just cruise through while everyone else is watching this season. And in all in all seriousness, the show has until pretty much until an episode two into the merge. Then I think after that is when we seriously start hitting uh, like uh, unwatchable territory. We'll see. We'll still yeah. watch it, but yeah, yeah. you know what I mean. We're, we're in now. But, yeah. Hey, we've watched all of Big Brother 22 and recapped all of it. Um, we can on purpose. Fucking, on purpose. <clears throat> um, we can get through that. We can get through a somewhat yeah. boring season of Survivor. I, I do want to put it in the record that I, I kind of foreshadowed the issues that we're seeing with this season in our episode one podcast where I said this sort of worked because it was two hours but there's I'm very uh, very hesitant to believe that this is going to work in regular one hour shows and it is clear yes totally agree so you guys wanna yeah I'm yeah, not we'll good say, at we'll being positive. positive about anything, so... We'll start, continue to keep our expectations low, right? And then we can't be disappointed, I guess, right? Oh, um, the buffs still look great. And they accidentally put out the merge buff on Amazon, <laughs> and I bought that, so I got all four now. 
So that's something to, to be positive about. I tried to buy it from the CVS website and I got waitlisted. So and it was like the day before you sent yours. So I was like kind of annoyed. Pretty oh man. Did you go on Amazon? I'm pretty sure it's still up there. Uh, you got some bootleg one. I want the real one. I I I, <laughs> I I I want the one that Xander wore so I can like drip out his sweat into a cup. Wow. I can I can send you alternate websites to get like the legit buffs. It's um, it's yeah. it's fine. We can. We'll I'm a it. I'm a buff connoisseur, as as Ben yep. knows. Oh yeah, I know. Uh, I know hundred uh, percent. I have I have maybe like uh, twenty buffs, but Brian has like a hundred. So yeah. And if anybody um, <clears throat> is looking to sell Survivor Samoa buff, um, I would like that because that is the one season I don't have. I had a, I had one at one point gone don't know what happened to it so mm. i had a foa foa buff i'll take kalu or agi but uh i prefer foa foa because yellow's my favorite color yeah yeah you know foa foa was the winning crowd yeah exactly and uh next week we'll be reviewing brian's buffs and we'll be bringing them uh, <laughs> from best to worst I, I don't get me started dylan i can talk about all the buffs for Oh boy. Hours. Well, let's see. How, right. let's, let's see how next week goes, and then yeah. we'll. Yeah, if if next week is worse than this week, uh, yeah, maybe we'll do. Okay, sounds good. Um, Definitely an off-season podcast. Yeah. All right. <laughs> you guys want to shout out your uh, social media here? We can wrap this up. Do I have to? I just want to keep talking about Akagi on and, and buffs. Mm-hmm. Let's turn this into a two-hour episode. Uh, no, all right, yeah, just follow me on Twitter, uh, DJ Cleverlang. If you go to uh, any of, uh, I believe it's uh, in the video on the description underneath my name, the little mm-hmm. thing there, so, uh, DJ Cleverlang, yeah, follow me on Twitter. Yeah, and I, I will say I have all four Kagan buffs, and they're all very nice. But, uh, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at the fake Bimar. It's B-M-A-R-R. Um, Follow me also on Wicked Good Sports. Uh, we're creeping ever closer to 100 subscribers on that channel. Um, it's pretty much what I do all the time now, much to the neglect of the main channel. I need to probably fix that and start putting out regular content. But, uh, you know, I've just been really into sports because football season's back, um, and I've not felt especially funny lately. So, that you know, it's, it's the balance. But, uh Hey, we're also at 95 subscribers on this channel, so if we could get five more people to subscribe, that would be amazing. We could finally get the custom URL. Please, please yes. Please. Yes. Are Dylan please. still looking to sell that fridge? Uh, you wouldn't know it from from this nice background I got, but yeah, still still looking to get rid of the fridge. Or for Mass Save to like give me a reasonable date to come pick it up. Um, so so uh, reach out to Dylan on Twitter if you want the fridge, of course. Sub, uh, subscribe to my Patreon where I will be mm-hmm. reviewing the fridge uh, next week and hopefully getting a, a sale. Yeah. And let me know uh, if anyone has a foe foe buff they want to sell, of course. I was, mm-hmm. I was mm-hmm. 100% serious about that. And then, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Ben Sharon uh, where I talk about all kinds of uh, random things. Uh, you know, I uh, referenced the Genius Health podcast, and I also referenced it on my Twitter, uh, in case that's an interesting thing you want to, to, to read before you see it on this podcast. Um, and, uh, yeah, other, uh, otherwise, you can follow the main channel on Twitter as well, at WG Everything, uh, on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and Twitch, where you get everything. Uh, and, you know, if you're following the news this week, we were not 
a part of the uh, the Twitch leak because uh, contrary to maybe popular belief, uh, we don't actually make money <laughs> from let's, from let's this. For tax reasons. Yeah. Let's not. Throw <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, we we, we uh, do we do make a house, but we we don't make any money. So I don't know if you want to cancel us for that. Um, luckily, Hassan's oh out my. here taking all the bullets for all the streamers. Um, in terms of the backlash, that's really clutch of him. I feel. Yeah, he's he's, he's uh, a real monarch. Oh man. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, follow us there. Uh, and then, you know, occasionally we'll put out content. Uh, as Brian said, you know, it's been a little bit neglected because we found all these other side projects going on. Uh, and September, uh, as far as reality TV, has been a chaotic month. But now it's October, and uh, we're just focused on Survivor. We're just focused on the Blindsiders. Uh, yeah, yeah, we'll be back next week to talk about episode four and probably have another 20-minute uh, segment on the guy. Yeah, and well, I mean... Squid Game came out. Like, what am I supposed to do? I'm supposed to not watch Squid Game. Like, come on. No. That's the end of the episode. Hi, everybody. Love you. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs>